Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional musician. This podcast is brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson, and on the show today, we have Mr. Mark Abrams from PureMix.com and Vaughn Music Studios out of Columbus, Ohio. Mark and I go way, way back. I actually interned for him back in 2011. I ended up working for Vaughn Music Studios around 2012, and then in 2017, he produced my EP. So I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's not only a fantastic human, but he is an incredible producer engineer. And one of the things that I think I loved the most about Mark was that as we were in studio together, he really listened to me as an artist and he took my feedback and gave really good feedback, gave really good constructive criticism, and he pushed me to do the very best take every single time. So in today's show, Mark is going to talk about some really cool tips and tricks for any artist who has never been into the studio, but then maybe you've actually spent some time in the studio. He's got things that you need to think about as you launch yourself into producing your own music and also what it means to have the right team behind you when you go in studio. I'm also going to play a track that Mark engineered for an artist called Buggy. Uh, Links will be in the show notes, so if you want to check it out, go ahead. So this particular track is called New World, and I think it is really, really cool. So sit back and enjoy New World by Buggy, engineered by Mark Abrams. Welcome, everybody, to Paradox Jukebox. My name is Katie, your host, and today I have Mr. Mark Abrams with me. Mark, say hi, friend. Hey, how's it going, Katie? It's fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today, bro. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah. I'm really excited about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So just a a brief little intro for Mark, everybody. He is... uh, a fantastic producer engineer works at Vaughn music studios in Columbus, Ohio slash upper Arlington, I guess. So Mark paint a little bit of a picture for our listeners, tell them what it is that you do for VMS, what it is that you do for pure mix. And maybe we'll also talk about some favorite microphones and plugins. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you for that intro. That's very, very sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, my time is kind of a, a split job between uh, Vaughn Music Studios, like you mentioned, and then um, Pure Mix, which uh, you mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll kind of get to talking about. And um, my role at Vaughn Music Studios is studio manager, head engineer, uh, also help out with operations of the of the whole company. In kind of recent times, I've uh, especially like with with the pandemic and everything, I've been sort of stuck at home and missing my my console over there and everything. But um, I've I've mostly been doing a lot of mixing projects. But uh, going going back a ways, we built that facility in 2012, and I I got to uh, starting in you know late 2010 we started the discussions and planning for it and stuff and i got to be a part of the entire construction and design of the facility which is a really uh, a really big uh, kind of blessing and, and fun part of that job was <laughs> getting to design that space so. fiberglass included yeah, well you know we have some stories together with that don't we <laughs> yes we do <laughs> yeah maybe that part wasn't so fun we, uh, we both did some good damage to our lungs i think <laughs> i'm positive that yeah. we did <laughs> yeah katie helped me um you know do all the 703 in, in the place and yeah we we definitely handled a lot of hazardous materials <laughs> all in the name of music all in the name of music <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh the control room was designed by carl tatz wasn't it it was yes yeah uh so i worked closely with carl and uh kind of you know so here's here's kind of what our needs are um i wanted the a, you know nice large live room for gigantic drums like everybody does and uh we were able to kind of pull that off the live room has um it's a thousand square foot live room 28 foot ceilings uh and the thing can it can go from uh fairly tight to being an echo chamber if you want it to be so it's <laughs> it's really fun and then uh yeah large large booth as well uh for like a drier drum set kind of sound and uh carl was very instrumental especially um in the design of the control room he's he's got a lot of very particular um uh you know sort of criteria for control room monitoring that he does and uh it's a great effect too so yeah that was that was a really good experience that's awesome yeah, uh, if you're in the Columbus area and you haven't been to VMS yet, you need to go take a studio tour. Uh, you know, COVID permitting, obviously. Um, but one of the one of the most beautiful studios in in the Columbus area by far. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Give us a call. Come by. It's, yes, it's fun. Sure. We, we like to do tours and hang out and meet people. So, yeah. Yeah, and we'll I'll make sure that there's a link to VMS in the show notes as well. That way, people can you know click the link and go uh, go book a tour. That'd be cool. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so talk about maybe some of the artists that, uh, and producers that you've worked with at VMS, you know, just, you know, a couple highlights for us. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's one of the really fun things about that place. It's, um, it's a, it's a large building on a very, very busy street in Columbus on, uh, route 33. And, uh, so there's a lot of drive by traffic with it and we, we have a giant sign out front that, um, you know, it's called Vaughn Music Studios. So it says Vaughn Music Studios on the outside and the words music studios definitely get a lot of interest. So it's it's one of the crazy things about that place is just basically having this billboard on the side of this really busy street brings in so much off, off you know, off street traffic, I guess, um, that we just meet so many different people, which is uh, really a blessing for anybody who's kind of in the studio world. Um, you know, it, it can be really difficult. And a lot of times, like, 
walk it in traffic isn't really something that happens because we don't have storefronts. And a lot of times we want to have these nondescript buildings because we don't want to be robbed and everything right. too. So um, there's, that's been an, a really kind of unique thing about that facility in general that um, don't really see like a ton in other places. So that's, that's been great because of all the different talent that walks through the door. Um, we are, moving at a really fast pace in there so there's there's days that we'll see up to three four artists in a single day and you know they're kind of high-fiving each other as they're walking in and out of the door um <laughs> which the really awesome part about that is that it builds a sense of community so you have like this pocket of artists that are all kind of becoming buddies because they're like oh yeah we recorded the same place that's awesome let's do shows together and, oh, cool. and so on and that was another thing that we tried to foster, which you were a, a big part of um, at the beginning was uh, we tried this uh, YouTube video series sort of in the, the early days of people doing those, which is like a multi-cam setup thing that was completely community driven. Uh, um, and I think we did like 100 episodes or something like that before things got a little too busy to keep it going. But yeah, uh, yeah it was called uh, CIMU. If anybody's interested in searching that on YouTube, you can you can watch some of the bands there. But um yeah that's uh, so on the end uh the the band side the artist side it's just been a, a really diverse set of music so it can go from working on jazz in the morning to piano ballads and rock bands and then uh usually evenings are uh there's a lot of hip-hop business that that comes in for the after hour stuff and they'll keep the the room rolling until four or five a.m sometimes so wow <laughs> it's, yeah it's really fun so it's definitely moving around the clock well, yeah. I'm sure as a as an engineer, I mean that's that's got to be fantastic for your skills because it's always you're always intaking new content and maybe you know you're able to apply it to you know to some of these other genres. So like if you're doing jazz in the morning, you know how cool would it be to like infuse some of that and some of your rock and your hip hop that's later on in the in the day? That's that's a great comment and uh, very true. And it also like that community thing sort of naturally makes that happen sometimes. You know we've had cases where like a trumpet player is walking out of the building and and a hip-hop client's walking in and they're like i need trumpet on this track can you come downstairs ah. and then they like work out an arrangement real quick and then they you know bang it out or whatever it's really fun that's cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and then on the uh you know producer side it's um it's been really really fun there's uh you're you know we're both columbus ohio people and um there's a really well-known producer um that's from here that i got to see just bloom from the beginning uh, i used to help answer his pro tools questions you know in his like teenage years and then now he's he did a lot of work at, at the studio and now he's off um making records with the timberland team and justin wow. timberlake and coldplay and kanye west and all kinds of people uh and that's sorry that's angel lopez uh who everybody should check out because he's despite like the the name drop list of clients or whatever he's just an amazing amazing person and hasn't changed one bit since i met him like you know all, all those years ago or whatever that's so awesome. that's that's been fun because it's it's all different levels of uh talent coming into the studio and uh yeah it's just a great place to be Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Because I remember years ago, you talking about Angel. It's that's wonderful that his career has grown to such heights. I mean, that's that's got to make you feel proud. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He's so deserving of it, too. And for anybody who's, who's interested, I definitely recommend seeking out content with him because his story is is so great. And he's done podcasts where he talks about this, but he uh, it all you know, he was making beats in his tiny apartment. Like I think his studio setup was actually, they took the closet doors off so he could put studio desk in it. And, uh, 
he was, you know, working on a couple of projects um, with me and then always working on music at his apartment. And one day he just DM'd Timberland on Instagram and, you know, he was like, just told him how much he meant to him and, and put a beat in there. And he actually, like, he put his phone number in the message and he actually got a phone call like a couple minutes later. Holy and he shit. thought somebody was joking with him. He thought it was like somebody else in his apartment playing a joke on him. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was like, come out to LA, let's meet. And yeah, Angel's amazing. And yeah, he, uh, well deserving. He's, he's such a great, great guy overall. So that's an yeah. awesome story. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always I love to brag on him. Sorry, because I'm so proud of him. <laughs> yeah. No, you have every right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, All right. So um, let me ask you this, Mark. So for, for artists that maybe don't have a whole lot of experience, what kind of tips and tricks would you give them when they're booking their first studio session? Yeah. Um, so I think I think this conversation is great. And um, I, I actually have uh, – a blog series that I'm working on um, that'll be it'll be coming out pretty soon um, about this exact thing. Awesome! And it's it's something it's a topic that I think applies to artists who have never been in the studio, but also to those who have experience because I think that there's processes that can always be improved. Sure. Um, so starting off for somebody who's uh, never been to a studio before, I think that some of the the most important things that they could do in pre-production are are one. Um, just just kind of looking through their catalog of of like favorite music and searching for for solid references and that's not to say to be a copycat but it's to have an idea of one of my friends brian lucy says like playing within the fence of uh he calls it the recorded history of music and that's like an interesting way of putting it so you kind of establish this these points of like this is something that I think sounds good. That's similar to what I do. This is something that sounds good. That's completely different than what I do. This is a vocal that I think is, um, you know, it sounds great. Here's one that doesn't sound so great. And just kind of like building up this, this internal library of like, what is a sound that I'm actually searching for? Because especially going in the first time, it's, it's not really something that you think of. You just think I have these songs. I want to go into the studio and I want to put them down. So developing kind of a framework first of like, what, what is your vision for your music? Try to hear it in your head. Listen to some of these other things to get sort of a reference point of, of where I don't want to say like a bar cause it's not a competition, but just kind of like, a reference of what you would be shooting for. So just going in with a general idea of what the sound is in your head, and that'll help you communicate with whoever the the team is. And then that kind of goes, we'll talk about team in a second, actually, but uh, <laughs> next part would just be like your, your preparation, um, things that you can do ahead of time, or just making sure that your instrument is in great shape, uh, that it sounds as good as you can get it to sound. And, you know, sometimes studios have instruments there, but that, is also a thing that I think can can kind of be addressed ahead of time. And I'm going to actually backtrack a little bit while I'm sorting this in my head, but it all goes to this idea of intention. So like having an intention of what you want your music to sound like from the first point, and then having an intention of what your instruments should sound like. A lot of times, like first time players will go in and they'll say like, what kind of guitars do you have? And that can be really great. Like they might, the studio might have a beautiful acoustic guitar or whatever it is that, that you're going to play that could be a really high quality instrument, but if it doesn't match your intention of what the sound is in your head, it's not really getting you to a place. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that would be part of it for first time people. I think that uh, choosing personnel and a studio are very important. 
So uh, what I mean by that is you want to find somebody that you can work with uh, really well. So somebody that matches your creative pace, uh, understands your vision for a song. And I think where, where that kind of splits off is if we have these two worlds of one, you have recording studios that are, they're uh, sort of a business place for rent by the hour. They will record your music. And, you know, in my mind's eye, I'm kind of thinking of like the classic uh, Sun Studios with Sam Phillips. He's got this storefront and you walk in and you say like, here's, here's the money per hour, record my stuff. And then I'll walk out with my recording. Um, Sam Phillips obviously did way more than that and was a genius, but that's, that's like the idea is like, okay, here's a recording studio in town. Let's go there and record our, our music and then release it to the world or whatever. And then there's the other, other school of thought, which most studios are happy to do this too, is when you find a team that completely understands your vision, your intention is clear, they get it. And then you work together to strive toward that goal. If you go into say like a, you know, a hard rock studio and you're a jazz musician and you don't have a conversation that engineer and then you know the first time you hit the kick drum it comes out with like just a ton of sub and like a giant clack on the, on the beater or whatever <laughs> like you're gonna be like uh-oh yeah. <laughs> from the first downbeat right yep. so uh like just having conversations i think is a really important thing ahead of time so um very like to kind of summarize it i was a little all over the map there but to summarize it um, know your material, have a great idea of what your vision of the music is, and then try to have conversations with the team ahead of time, uh, you know, communicate as much as, of that stuff as you can. Whoever kind of is willing to be a sponge and receive that, it's probably going to be a great fit for you. And if somebody's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I got it, might be time to look for a different place. I don't know if that answer is like kind of all over the place there. Sorry. but No, yeah. no. I think that's fantastic information because, you know, I mean... I okay, so I'm gonna brag on Mark for a second. When I went into the studio with him, um, he he said, "Let's just do one song." Actually, I think we had this conversation in Nashville at a bar. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So we, he was just like, "Yo, I've listened to your EP, and I want to do a song with you." So from you know, I mean, from working with Mark, I already had a good relationship with him. So I knew that I could talk to him on a certain level. And being able to have that kind of familiarity with somebody where you can be honest, and you can really bounce ideas off of each other creatively, and you know that, you know, feelings aren't going to get hurt. That Mm -hmm. is, that's one of the reasons why I continue to do the rest of my EP with Mark, because creatively, we were the perfect match. Um, yeah, that was so fun. Oh yeah. my god, it was a blast. I mean, I think yeah. we probably laughed more. Yeah. <laughs> than we actually did work that and drank coffee yeah. and ate bagels from Collins Coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was great. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> that yeah, that definitely. entire process was just worth it because every morning I would come in with coffee and like a sandwich or something from Collins, and Mark would just look at me like, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, totally. Oh, that was great. Yeah. And um, the the fun thing, too, is like when you when you have that kind of relationship and you have this understanding of this this endpoint that you're both uh, trying to go after feverishly, you get to do a lot of fun stuff. Right. Like we had we had like stair microphones going into fuzz pedals, going into guitar amps, blasting back at the drums and, you know, like stuff that it was we had conversations about these things before and we listened to reference tracks you know we were we were on um i think there was like a kaleo track that we were checking out at that time yeah that entire um, album literally yeah 
Yeah, and it was it was being able to have those conversations up front instead of just being like, okay, I'm here for a recording session. Cool, put your drums up over there, and then I'll put the usual mics on it. Right. Instead of like, you know, like this little pre-production thought of like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what we hear in our heads. Here's these other kind of reference things, and then let's take that and let's just go off the deep end and be like, this is just a throw everything at the canvas, you know, with throw everything at the canvas with specific guidelines so that the canvas doesn't become unmanageable, but, you know, like moving in this, you know, consistent direction that we both kind of felt we were headed in. That's, that's basically uh, the best thing that you could do going into a recording studio is just have a clear vision and have somebody with you that, that wants to see your vision realized. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, So, I'm sure that over you know the course of the the last few years, your your taste and microphone have changed a little bit. But tell me right now, what is what is your favorite microphone that you are using consistently? Man, um, well, yeah. One thing about microphones is uh, I I have definitely come to a place over over my whole career where now I think that they are potentially the most important part of of the entire you know, chain. And I mean that from the beginning of, of recording all the way to, to mastering and um, not just in the sense of like, what is the most high quality mic that'll get me all the detail and I can hear the spit running down the back of my throat. Gross. Um, you know, like, but what is, what is the paintbrush that, that gives me this particular picture? Right. So I kind of went down this whole rabbit hole of like, I want to find all of these microphones that that just have like character to them and they don't have to be these like $7,000, you know, amazing coveted microphones that are, you know, modeled by every manufacturer out there or whatever. this crappy like um i have a bunch of little like pa microphones and intercom microphones that used to be sold with tape recorders that mm-hmm. you know were used in interviews and, and everything and i'll throw those on drums sometimes just for a different effect but just all of the basically like gathering a bunch of tools that when somebody says i want to do you know the kaleo snare drum or whatever it's like it's not just about like well let's make that snare drum great and then i'll start tweaking eqs either on the console or in the box it's like what microphone's going to get us there and you know um do we need to throw a fuzz pedal in front of it and that kind of stuff <laughs> uh but yeah so to, so that's that's like the one answer is um it's hard to give one but on the same side um 
there are ones that that work consistently well on a variety of sources and it's like if you had to live with with that thing you would be in a good spot so on um on the affordable side especially like for for home home musicians who are um, just trying to do stuff on their own the Shure SM7 has become a favorite of mine and it didn't start that way at all uh it was it was something that I like I think as I matured I understood how to use better uh I love that microphone. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And it's the one that I have in my home studio that's always plugged in now. And then on a little bit of a higher end, I'm a huge fan of Lauten microphones. Uh, and that's L-A-U-T-E-N. And specifically, they have a microphone called the Atlantis that is kind of like a FET 47 condenser, very usable on so many different sources. And I it's my favorite kick drum out mic. And then uh, also it's really great for a variety of vocalists. On the little bit of a higher end side is their Eden model, which is like a Tube 47 kind of a vibe. It's not exactly that, but also very versatile, has a little bit more of the spit rolling down the back of your throat thing. <laughs> um, and uh, super, super useful. That one's also an amazing drum overhead mic, which is really fun with it. And those mics both have uh, these different voicing patterns which will change the characteristics of the microphone which is part of why i love them so much is because just with those guys i can i can get where i need to get pretty quickly uh, using the voice selectors and then um i'm going to name one more just while we're being geeky i just got this guy it's the um the aea r88a so it's the active version of this microphone and uh, what that is two ribbons in a blumline configuration so like a stereo microphone and uh probably the best overhead that i've ever used on drums it's amazingly like just balanced and doesn't get harsh and uh picks up an amazing picture of the kit but also amazing on um, b3 on acoustic guitars uh and even if you just use it in mono on a vocal sounds amazing amazing on horns so that's that's one to check out too and there's a uh for all my engineering nerd friends there's an amazing series done by uh, John Cubertini, I think I'm pronouncing that right, called One Mic. And he records entire bands just using this R88 microphone and placing it in the right spot in the room. And that's an amazing lesson in mic placement. It's like you can get that balance. It's a stereo microphone, so you still get this beautiful stereo recording. And based on just placement alone, um, how you can get this kind of perfect mix. And that if you ever try to do that, even just with an acoustic guitar and a vocal, that'll teach you a lot about mixing right away, but doing it with microphones on the way in and getting the picture down to tape. So That is awesome. Yeah. That is freaking cool. I can't wait to share that with a few of my uh, few of my students, actually. I have a couple kids who are uh, <clears throat> kind of dipping their toe in the whole production thing, and they're like, well, what microphones do I get? So this is fantastic. I can't wait to share this awesome. episode. <laughs> Yeah, great, great. Yeah, that's that's a really fun uh fun series too. That R eighty eight series is great. So awesome. It's a good lesson. Yeah. Cool. All right. So so we've talked about your favorite microphone. So what about plugins? What uh what are your favorite plugins to use? Man, that's that's a fun topic. Um you know, lately, um so on the whole, uh universal audio for sure um their their stuff sounds absolutely amazing i've used the analog units these things feel like the analog units there's a responsiveness that you get from them that uh just isn't isn't always present in other plugins and 
um, they've just they've done this incredibly meticulous job of of modeling things down to this component level and and getting the actual feel and sound right. And their their plugins sound fantastic to me. Um, which like you know to quickly dive off into like audio interfaces, um, they're on a cheaper level. Their Apollo Twin has uh, two preamps built into it. And they do this thing called Unison technology, where they're using their models of, um, you know, neat vintage new consoles and SSLs and APIs and all that. Uh, they change the actual impedance of the the mic preamp and do a bunch of things to try and max, match the characteristics. Um, I I don't own a 1073 new console or an 8068, but uh, I have a um, new V55 series console and. When I'm side by side with these two units, I don't feel any sort of lack while tracking with the universal audio stuff, which is saying a lot because it doesn't break down and require me to pull channel strips out and resolder them you know, when, oh, wow. when they go bad and, and all that. But uh, it's, it's just an amazing system. And it's, um, it's honestly, it's something that had the Apollo series been around when I was building VMS, there's a pretty good chance that room would be all Apollos. And we have some really gorgeous converters that are high end and all that stuff and, and the new console and everything. But uh, from like just a, a workflow, uh, uh, get to the point as quickly as possible, um, the UA plugins and, and their whole system just, just makes such a big difference. Uh, and then I'll, I'll throw one other thing into the pack here and that is um, the uh, fab filter suite of plugins. If I have my fab filter stuff and my UA stuff, I can make a record. And it's great. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's dive into Pure Mix. Tell me about what you do for Pure Mix and uh, you know who you get to work with, and you know maybe even some of the things that you've learned as you know being a part of the team. Yeah, so much. I've learned so much. Uh, so the sort of backstory with that is um, it's interesting like to hear, I think, because it's something that was kind of outside of my uh, character to do. So I went to a master class with Fab DuPont at his studio, Flux Studios in New York City that Pyramix was holding. And I did that because I I kind of felt like I had reached this this plateau point where it was like, I need to start just finding people that I think are just amazing and, and just talking to them because I, you know, through like self-study, I, I felt like I wasn't really, there was like a point where I was making tons and tons of progress and then I felt it plateau off and I was like, okay, I got to go to the to the next, next step here. And I think that that's just like making sure that I am like the dumbest person in the room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, how do I do that? So um, I found uh, this masterclass that Fab was hosting and, you know, admired his work for, a long time he's incredible so obviously like that was a no-brainer so first day was at a studio called msr uh which was in times square and since has shut down and been turned into condos like most of the new york studios unfortunately then uh days two and three were at flux so while we were at flux um i knew about this because i was a pyramid subscriber so that's why i was there fab was talking about pyramids and the direction that it was headed in and he was talking about how they wanted to build this immense Pro Tools course from that would be like this all-inclusive from A to Z. So, you know, if you were just starting out in Pro Tools, you could start at the beginning of this thing and like learn whatever it is that you want to learn. It would be like indexed by function and then all those things. So um, 
uh, just like real fast, the way that I got into engineering was I was at Ohio State for computer programming. I was in a band and we went to a studio in Columbus named John Schwab. This is like in the, you know, very like 2000, 2001, maybe. Uh, we went to the studio to make our record and we were there at like an 11, you know, it was like an 11 a.m. session on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, asking the engineer, like, so it's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, is this is this what you do for a living? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I felt really dumb for asking because it was like, oh, we're here paying money. Of course he is. But I, up to that point, I only knew recording people that were like they did it as a hobby. And then I just thought that the people who make, you know, the records that I was buying were like this ethereal thing that only lived in Los Angeles and New York and Nashville, right. and they didn't exist. That was like, you know, they they were up in the the heavens somewhere like sending records down i don't know what i thought but um anyway we were like we were making this record with pro tools and it was a very very early version of pro tools so i was like i was in school for computer programming um didn't really i wasn't excelling at college i I wasn't excited about being there and i just wanted to be making music 100 percent of the time and everything so we're at the studio and i see he's using pro tools and like, so you do this for a living and you're using computers to do it. Cool. Where do I sign up? <laughs> um, so I immediately found the conservatory of recording arts, uh, in Arizona and like dropped out of computer programming, went there. Um, so anyway, like going back to the Pyramid's masterclass, Fab wanted to make this, um, this giant pro tools course and pro tools was essentially what got me into making records. So, I, you know, when I found out, you know, that he's using computers, I I bought like the cheapest Pro Tools rig I could get at that time. And I read the manual front to back. I was obsessed about it. I wanted to know everything. You know, I would go through the menu and, and look for something I didn't know what it was. And then I would go find it in the manual and try to figure out what it was doing and all that. So that was like my thing was I wanted to be the super fast Pro Tools operator, which at the time was actually a job. Um, you could get gigs just being the Pro Tools op. So I wanted to be like the fastest Pro Tools op there was. Um <laughs> So anyway, like we're, we're at this master class and at the end of it, there's like a wine party, um, you know, kind of a goodbye thing on the rooftop. And I, it's something completely out of character for me. I, I've never been one to do this, um, especially at that point. I was kind of pretty shy in this way. And um, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I, I think I could make that Pro Tools course that you're talking about. I, I have some video experience from doing that. Um, the CMU show that I mentioned earlier with the local bands. Um, I have video experience and um, um, I might be the biggest Pro Tools nerd that you'll meet. Uh, So he was like, all right, great. Call me Monday. So I did. And then uh, we started work on that project and uh, Pure Mix was growing very, very fast at that time. And basically through like some reorg in the company, uh, we sort of stopped that project and, um, moved in a little bit of a different direction into making mixing videos with giant engineers with giant songs. And uh, that reorganization and sort of repositioning of the company led to me ultimately becoming the content manager for the, for the website, um, which is like a uh, fast step from, from going, you know, like sheepishly saying, I think I could do this thing to, um, okay, cool. You're in charge of content. (laughs) <laughs> for the site you know um and it's it's a super exciting job and it's like one that uh i 
never saw coming in a million years. And basically what we do is um, PureMix is a online tutorial site for people who want to learn how to make great records. And the focus is on mixing, but we also cover uh, recording as well. So you can learn how to you know, record vocals uh, well. And that, you know, that goes into mic placement and you can DS the vocal with place, putting the mic in the right spot. So we teach things like that instead of using DSers and all that. But then uh, we also teach uh, mixing in a pretty extreme way. So we will find uh, songs that we love that we think sound amazing. So uh, one example of one that, that I brought to the platform was um, our hometown guys, 21 Pilots, put out their third record and they had uh, a couple songs on there that I, I thought the mixes were incredible. So I just, you know, who mixed the song? And go and do a, a little detective work. And then it was a guy named Adam Hawkins, which um, I think is an amazing mixer. Everybody should check him out and his, his body of work. But uh, yeah, my job is to like contact him um set up a shoot and what that entails is is also the music licensing side so it's also working with the band's management and uh coming to an agreement on that like who's going to get paid what working out advances and then we take the entire video crew we you know flew out to la to adam's studio at the time and he pulls up the multi-track for um their single my blood and mixes it you know from start to finish on camera explaining what he does every step of the way and why he's doing it. Most importantly, the why. Um, that's that's really what Pyramix focuses on is the why of what people are doing instead of like just the, they're using this plugin and I need to go buy this plugin. It's like, well, uh, the plugin's not important. It's it's what did he hear that made him decide he needed to compress or what was, you know, the vision or whatever. Uh, so that's, that's basically what we do um, with the online mixing side of it. And then uh, we also do tons and tons of live streams uh i have the the honor of um kind of being just in the room with andrew sheps and a lot of amazing people on uh mondays we have we have a weekly show and uh, for anybody who doesn't know andrew sheps is another incredible mixing engineer um he's you know adele and uh, a whole bunch of other people i'll i'll spare the name dropping but um we'll we'll get people on there uh just just absolute like you know heroes of of the mixing community and the production community uh we'll have them on for a talk show and those things are are really intense they can go for up to like five hours sometimes and then we do a q a at the end of them so that's that's another thing i'm doing and then uh just figuring out like okay what's what's our roadmap for content what videos are we going to put out when are we putting them out uh working with the video team to um get those videos edited and across the finish line and yeah, it can be pretty random too. Like we're a, we're still a small team and uh, things change daily. But yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. And I I get to sit in rooms with people that um you know my whole goal was like I need to find people where I'm the dumbest person in the room and I'm definitely the dumbest person in the room. So, <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> like I got what I asked for. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's the first time in the history of ever that somebody has actually gotten what they asked for, and that being the case. Right. Yeah, yeah, especially in music. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I'm I'm so grateful for that job. It's um, I obviously like my own skills in the studio have have just like I've grown. I'm I can see it in myself that I've grown at this exponential rate just just as a result of that job, and um, that also led to uh, just I want to shout out. Um, my like one of my biggest mentors is John Paterno, who I met through Pure Mix Shoots. 
um, he and I did one-on-one things for, for a while. He does a thing called mixed therapy, uh, where like he teaches mixing one-on-one and, uh, I got to be one of the first students for that. And like that combined with like all the shoots and being able to, you know, ask people like Andrew and John and Fab, um, just questions about what, you know, whatever I'm dealing with has, it's just been this exponential growth thing for me that like, when I listen to my work from, you know, before that time compared to now, it's, you know, it's a good feeling going back and being like, okay, there's, there's good improvement here, you know, and, and pretty exponentially, I, I don't know that I would have gotten to the same place if it wasn't for Pure Mix. Uh, I can probably say no, you know, pretty confidently. So very grateful for the opportunity. That's, yeah. that's incredible, Mark. I'm, I'm so very happy for you. So congratulations on, on everything that you're doing with Pure Mix and, you know, and also the growth of, of VMS. I mean, you, you're a fantastic individual, but your skills are in my opinion they're unparalleled and and I mean and I haven't I haven't even had the chance to work with you ever since you started working with Pure Mix so to hear yeah. you talk about your own personal growth is just it's really inspiring so congratulations ma'am thank you for all that thank you yeah I, um, I'm still the dumbest person in the room <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you very much though and uh, same same to you it's been amazing to watch your growth and uh, I'm I'm hoping that we get to hang out more, uh, you know, outside of this stuff and, um, you know, find our way back to a, a bar to have a drink sometime because uh, it's always amazing talking to you. So I want to hear more about everything that's going on and all that you're up to musically and, and all of that. So thank you for, for doing all that you're doing. Thank you for your art. And uh, yeah, I'm super honored to be here. So thank you. Well, thanks, man. What a cool episode. So I hope you guys really enjoyed all of the sweet input that Mark gave you about, you know, plugins you could use, microphones to use, and what it means to really build your team when you go into a studio. So if you're a first-time artist that has never been into a studio and never really worked with a team on your music, it is so crucial and so essential to that entire process and making sure that you feel comfortable with whoever you're working with. This is some sage advice that I truly hope all of you take to heart, especially if you're a new artist and you've never cut your own music in a studio. Maybe you've never even set foot inside of a studio. Hopefully this opens that that picture up a little bit for you, kind of pulls back the blinds on the veil, if you will. So make sure that you check out 
Mark out at markabramsaudio.com. You can also find him at bondmusicstudios.com as well. Go take a tour if you're in Ohio. I highly recommend it. And if you want to learn more about us, you can find us at musiconthemovestudios.com backslash Paradox Jukebox. Also, too, if you like what you're hearing in each of these episodes, friends, please do me a big, big favor and go give me a review. I would absolutely be in your debt for forever. If you want to recommend maybe an artist or an industry professional who you think would belong on an episode, please reach out to us at musiconthemovestudios at gmail.com. We would love, love, love your input. So thanks again for listening. I'm Katie Thompson. You can find me at katiethompsonmusic.com. Peace out.